Leopards in a Cage podcast. It's in their blood. Welcome to another episode of Two Dudes in a Cage. Today we have a special episode for you. It's our first episode of Fighter Spotlight. Uh, we got a special guest, the host, myself, Charles Clark. And I'm Matt. And Matthew Johnson. And we, we have Darian Robinson. Darian is a pro fighter. He's a BJJ purple belt. He went 10 and 3 as an amateur. He's 1 and 0 as a pro. He's one of my teammates. Darian, thank you. Welcome for being here. Yeah, thank you for having me. Uh, yeah. I like doing stuff like this. This is fun. Hey, man, we're so excited to have you here. Plus, you're making history. You're on the first ever episode of a Fighter Spotlight with two dudes in the cage. Uh, man, we're, we're, we we hope to go places. We hope to keep doing this. Uh, we got a couple pro fighters lined up, uh, you know, and uh, you're the first one. So it's exciting, man. I'm always setting history no matter what I do. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. We're going to get straight into the questions. We got lots of questions for you. We hope uh, uh, you get to know Darian better, get to know more about him, him as a fighter, and we just hope to have a good time doing the interview. Uh, why don't you start by telling us a little bit about yourself? Um, I, I, like you said, I'm Darian Robinson. Um, I'm from Gunnison, Colorado, but I grew up in Vegas. So if anyone asks where I'm from, I'm always going to tell them Vegas because yeah. that's just the personality that I have right now. That's that's me. For sure. Um, been training about four years uh didn't really have any experience before i jumped into it i just kind of graduated high school saw the mayweather mcgregor boxing match and was like i think i can do that i think i can fight and then i found says about a month after i started training i had my first fight and i got a second round tko finish wow that's pretty impressive i was like yeah i'm probably made for this yeah yeah hey man i've seen you fight uh man you definitely got some good skill so i i think you're going places for sure man. appreciate it for thank sure. you and uh, i'm honored to be one of your teammates man for sure man let's talk about your upcoming fight man it's your second pro fight you're going against brandon manhoff june 18th battle mma what are your thoughts um um, it doesn't matter who they put in front of me. I'm always going to be ready to die in that cage. Um, no one's going to beat me. No one's going to take food away from my family. I'm going there for the sole purpose of delivering for myself and my family. There's yeah. nothing, nothing else to it. I love that mentality, man. Yeah. You got to be prepared, prepared to go to war in that cage, man, for sure. For sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If you're not really willing to die in that cage, are you really a fighter? Right. It's probably not for you. Exactly. Yeah. Like you're going to have to yeah. kill me to beat me. Hell yeah. Good mentality to have. With that, um, since you do have a fight upcoming, you know, game plans are a huge part of MMA. It's basically chess. Do you watch tape or do you let your coaches watch tape and you just focus on you? Uh, we both watch tape on our own times, but we don't watch it together as a team. Um I've always been like that no matter what I did. Like, if I was going to a different school, I would always watch the film of the football team and be like, okay, are they good? Like, can I add to this team? What can I do? Um, but when it comes to the game plan and, and strategy, I'm just like, you, you think you have the idea until you get kicked or punched. And then you're like, what was I going to do again? So I kind of just go into the fights just ready for whatever. Don't really have a specific game plan. 
I just adapt to each uh, person I fight. Okay. Yeah, I'm sure everybody's heard it a hundred times. Mike Tyson, everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the face. Mm -hmm. Yes, sir. And I know you definitely hit hard. Yeah. <laughs> Finally got my first knockout last year, so was very excited about that. I'm like, oh, I can hit this hard. We do the all right. So you fight at 155? Uh, 155 my whole amateur career, and then this upcoming fight's at 155. My last fight was at uh, catch weight 160 because my opponent didn't want to cut weight. So you hit like a 85er. <laughs> a lot of people think I'm heavier than what I actually am. I'm, I walk around at about 165 to 170. It's the truth, man. Dude, dude, oh man, you go up against him in sparring, you're like, oh man, oh, I better get it in gear. Or I'm about to get my butt kicked. Like. <laughs> It's for sure. So when you do, like, obviously training camps, do you, are you kind of like Patty Pimblay where after your fight you blow up or do you consistently stay on a routine so you're always ready if a short notice fight comes up? Uh, I've been known to have one of the worst diets in the gym. Uh, I just love eating junk food because I have the metabolism to burn it off. But I've actually been trying to cut back on the amount of junk food that I do eat because it is affecting the way that I perform. Um, with that being said, yes, I do have my Patty Pimblet days, but at the same time, I'll try to keep it toned back as much as possible. What's your favorite cheat meal? Anything greasy. <laughs> um, yeah. I love burgers. I love pizza. Um, steak's one of my favorite go, uh, yeah. things to eat. I'm just very... Very basic when it comes to food, hot dogs, burgers, steak, I'm good. <laughs> what do you typically eat on fight day? That, that's actually a good question. I always go to the store the night before so or the day before. So like on weigh-in day when I'm still cutting weight, I'm just like, okay, what do I want for <laughs> breakfast? So I'll have eggs, corned beef hash, um, oh, iced coffee, and maybe a chocolate milk. And then some bacon. And that's kind of been like my breakfast on whether it was game days or fight days. And that's just kind of been my routine. Very, nice. very simple breakfast. And then that's come good. lunchtime, I'll probably get like a sandwich, like a deli sandwich from Subway or Jersey Mike's, just something like that's that. Too heavy. Mm -hmm. Something yeah. to give me enough energy, but not kill me. Right, right. I've definitely seen people like overeat or didn't eat too well and, and it affected them and uh, mm -hmm. maybe even throwing up in the cage afterwards. I've seen that quite a few times. Actually. Yeah. Or, or even get sick afterwards. So, yeah, I was smarter. I had one of those instances last year. Uh, I was in this fusion tournament and the second round, I everything was going good. I had a smooth weight cut. Come fight day, we went to Denny's and I had uh, milkshakes and pancakes for breakfast. <laughs> and then I fought, dominated with wrestling. But then as soon as I got out of the cage, I was throwing up all over the place. That's funny. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a big lesson. I'm like, yeah, not doing that again. Def gonna... Definitely learn from it. Sorry. Good. No, you're good. <laughs> I'm going to save that for after the fights now. So you mentioned Fusion. Um, uh, you won an eight-man contract. I sure did. I uh, got a. Oh, go ahead. I was just uh, saying it was a eight man tournament for a pro a three pro fight contract with the promotion, and I was I was actually a replacement for the tournament. I wasn't um, nice. uh, picked to be one of the main guys. Someone had to pull out, so they put me into the tournament. And 
came to come to find out, I was an underdog the whole way. I didn't feel like the underdog. Interesting. There. Yeah. I yeah. heavily thought that I was going to walk through anyone they put in front of me. And I still feel like that. You sure did. You sure did. When do you plan on fighting for them since you won the contract? Whenever they want want me, to be honest. Uh, they haven't really reached out since the tournament. So I'm just honestly waiting until they reach out. But until then, I'm going to fight elsewhere. Nice. Nice. I'm sure. So now that you turned pro, do you have, does your team and your gym say, hey, we got to fight in, you know, Missouri on this day? Do you want one? Or do you reach out personally to other promoters? Or how do, how do you get fights lined up and booked? My coach is my manager. He handles all of that information. He just asks me, what do you think about this guy? What do you think about that guy? And I give my honest opinion. And then he chooses chooses my fights. And he doesn't choose easy fights either. Like he sure doesn't. He wants to make sure that we're battle tested. So that's why our, our uh camps, so to say, are some of the hardest in the country. What's your uh my favorite one? When you do you guys do shark tanks? Like towards you know, middle or end? New guy every round. Do uh, you enjoy it or does it yeah, we uh, I actually did my first Shark Tank earlier this year, preparing for this pro fight. And the first time I did it, I was like, this is the worst. I hate all of it. But then I've actually started to grow to like it a lot. It's just, it simulates a fight so well. And it's just very easy to get into that mindset of, okay, this is a fight. I need to treat it like one. Even if you're just hitting pads and then uh, rolling with people, treat it like a fight. It reminds me of up-downs in football or... Uh... Or pad work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, up, up downs were some of my favorite workouts as a kid. I would always watch Remember the Titans, and there was yeah. a scene where they're doing the up downs, and I'd be in the living room doing yeah, it with doing them. It. Yep. That's awesome. <laughs> That's cool. Man, you recently uh, received your purple belt, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, how does that make you feel, man? What does that mean to you? Honestly, I wasn't expecting it until possibly later this year. Um, but my coach felt like I'm ready. And, and with him doing that, I just felt more prepared than ever. Um, my, my confidence in my ground game has really just skyrocketed throughout my blue belt career. I didn't have any uh, good submissions off of my back. I would always just look to sweep and just control top pressure. But I don't know what it is. This past year and a half, two years, I've been really working on my ground game um, off of my back. And my coach has seen it and it's paid off. It definitely shows. I can definitely feel it. Uh, you know, I was thinking, oh, yeah, I got you on your back. I'll be good. But then you triumphed with me recently. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, holy shit. And it was really tight. I couldn't get out of it. You reposition and it was like super tight. So, uh, yeah, I, I think it's definitely well-deserved for sure. Appreciate so, it. Yeah, yeah. Definitely yeah he, know, he knows when the time is right. So, yes, I was shocked and I didn't feel like I was ready. But I'm a purple belt, so I got to accept it. Speaking of purple, is that your favorite color? It was uh, during middle school, but um, my favorite color is actually black. It just fits with every single color possible. Makes it look slicker. Um, I don't know. It's just something about the color black that's very powerful to me. Goes with anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Who's your favorite fighter? I've got two favorite fighters. Um, George St. Pierre and Anderson Silva. Right. Those who have always been my go-tos. Um, and as I've started this 
journey of fighting, I've come across so many more different fighters. Um, recently watched a documentary on uh, Buakau from Thailand. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm like, yeah, he's, he's my favorite kickboxer yeah, now. That's for sure. Amazing dude. He's had hundreds of fights too. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm always looking to find favorite fighters. Um, whenever I get the chance. Um, yeah. Of all time, those, those two are definitely up there currently. I'm pretty, I'm pretty bandwagony. I have to go with Israel Adesanya, uh, Kamaru Usman. Um, Hamzat's one of my favorites recently. Yeah. Just yeah. watching his journey through the UFC. I'm like, he's, he's different. He's very different. Right. right. Yeah. Hamzat is speaking of Hamzat, he shows the importance of a game plan and maybe not following it, but having it. Yeah. Because against Gilbert, his coach is like, you're not doing what we practice. And that's a perfect example. You get punched in the face. You kind of forget things. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. So as long as you can go out there and implement your game plan as fast as possible, then it's okay to have one. But if you have a, if you have an opponent like Burns, you're going to have to be prepared to just go to war no matter what. Mm-hmm. So what's your... Have you experience wise? Did you do like wrestling in high school or football or street fights? Uh, I tried to stay out of the street fights as much as possible, but I had, I think, two during my entire school journey. All 12 years, I only had like two fights. Um, I was always a smaller kid, so I didn't want to pick a fight with anyone because I'm like, yeah, I'm small, I'm probably going to lose. But, um, yeah, no, not really a big fighter. Uh, I played a little bit of volleyball, basketball, or a lot of basketball and a lot of football um, through high school. So those were like my main sports. But no wrestling, no boxing, not, nothing like that. Football is an underrated sport for MMA. Mm-hmm. You got to mm-hmm. learn to, you know, get a good center of balance, which is important mm-hmm. against wrestlers and so wrestling and football, I think those two are kind of interchangeable. Absolutely. Like I, I even though I never wrestled, I feel like I learned a little something just because it's a lot easy. It's easy for me to understand that wrestling is. Yeah. I just don't know how to explain it. Shoestring tackles like an ankle pick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wrapping ups like a double leg. Yeah, heading the heading their chests. Yeah. I, I head down. All the same mechanics. Yeah. That's cool when you think about it like that. That's that's cool how you put that together. I like that mm-hmm. for sure, for sure, man. What what advice do you have for like anybody that wants to fight, man? Honestly, if you're gonna fight, you have to be all in. Um, I'm still learning to go all in every single day, whether that be with my diet, training. I'm always learning something new. Um, can't you can't really slack off. I've done a few fights where I didn't train the entire camp. I'd probably show up one, two times a week at most. And I lost those fights and, and it, it eats at me still to this day, but it's something that I chose to do. I chose not to train for those fights. So in doing that, I learned when I do train as hard as I can, no one can beat me. So if you just give it, if you give it everything you got, your training is going to take over and you'll be fine. You don't have to worry about anything. You won't be nervous. You just go out there and do what you do. 
man, how how do you deal with nerves on a fight night? I, I, you know, I'm fighting the same night as you are, and I just get nervous thinking about it. Plus, I haven't fought in like 10 years. Uh, uh, I feel like overcoming my nerves is going to be, uh, you know, a difficult part. Mm -hmm. If I can get that under wraps, you know, uh, I can do good. So what do you do to overcome nerves and things like that? Most of my nerves that I have gotten happen throughout the day, not even when I get to the venue. Yeah. Um, so to deal with that, I'll watch a movie, play video games, excuse me, um, specifically UFC four. Ah, good game. I, yep. I, uh, that's like my stress reliever. Cause I'm like, okay, you just punch some people real quick, not worry about anything it takes my mind off yeah. of it completely. And then by the time I look at the clock, I've spent five hours playing video games. I'm like, Oh, it's time to fight. Cool. cool. Sweet. Yeah. Take your mind off of it. Not think about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And then when I get to the venue, I'll start getting those butterflies again. So I'll just start listening to music and dancing not really caring what it, what people see. I'm just like, hey, I'm having a good time. Just start dancing and doing whatever. Awesome, awesome, cool, cool. I love it. Okay. So, what's your uh, what's your walkout song? I change my walk. I, I try to change my walkout song every time I fight, and I mainly old school rap. Um, a lot of Tupac. Um, I walked out to uh, Notorious B.I.G um last year i chose to walk out to eminem only and that was pretty dope so yeah i I try to stick with old school rap as much as possible it just gets me in that mindset of it's go time yeah hypes you up Mm -hmm. sure yeah something about old school rap that just gets you pumped it's so raw and like there's so much emotion into it i'm like yep you guys have killed people i'm ready to kill someone (laughs) (laughs) so you do mma obviously um what i'm from omaha nebraska we just had a uh, bare knuckle fighting last weekend uh 50 year old houston alexander who's also bellator and uh, ufc uh, dakota cochran what are your thoughts on bare knuckle i think it's a great sport and here's why it teaches fighters not to just slug it out with gloves on because there's so many small bones in your hand, it's much easier to break those. So you have to have perfect technique when you're throwing punches. And it's very easy to shatter your hand on someone's forehead. And dude, people hold up their hands afterwards and they're just mm-hmm. messed. I, I was at a bare knuckle MMA event the night that I won my championship. And um, I saw this dude's hand after his whole face was cut up. His whole hand was like a balloon. It was bad. So I'm like, that's what happens if you just slug it out. But like I've seen people go in there with perfect technique. Um, Dave LaDuke, for example, he does left way and he almost never has broken uh, broken bones just because he's conditioned them so much and he hits with perfect technique. So it just it's a dangerous sport for sure. And it can be very devastating to the bone structure to uh, your face. But aside from that, I think it's a great sport. That's nice. Yeah, teach you good technique and mm-hmm. teach you how to how to be a better fighter in the end. For sure. Like I got offered to do a bare knuckle fight. And I I wasn't for it when I first was talking about it. And then the more I thought about it, I'm like, I, I could make some money doing some bare knuckle. But then I'm like, yeah, if I do break my hand, I'm gonna be out for half the year. And I don't yeah. need that. 
So right. probably right. not going to do any bare knuckle. Speaking of broken hand, how do you uh, go about if you get injured uh, in camp during a fight? How do you go about dealing with that? Is it extra stress or? I'm very hard headed. And whenever I have an injury, I don't like to rest. I, I told myself my whole life, just push through it. You can deal with it later. Um, but since I tore my meniscus, my meniscus uh, made me really think about it. You need to actually like take care of your body. You need to re- recover on the right days, ice properly. It's there's a science to it. And I'm still learning that as I go. So it's not something I can just push through anymore because I've taught myself to respect what my body tells me. So, cause I want to have a, a decently long career. Um, and it, I can't do that if I'm half broken. <laughs> right. There are a lot of people that, you know, have amateur careers. They do good as amateurs, but uh, not everybody makes it to a pro man. You made it to a pro. Uh, you know, a lot of people think you're going places. What does it mean to you to be a pro fighter, man? um honestly it was just a dream at first um I knew I was going to be a professional athlete in something when I was a kid but it was always changing whether it be just basketball football it was always one of those two I was I'm gonna be something but as I've gotten older I'm like okay I'm too small to play football not tall enough to play basketball here in MMA I don't have to worry about being too tall or too short I just have to worry about being on weight so that's it's nice knowing that I had that in me to try fighting and to stick with it. And now that I've made my dream come true, I've set a new goal for myself and that's get to the UFC. Yeah. In the words of LL Cool J, dreams don't have deadlines, so it's never too late. Mm -hmm. That's right. What's the most weight you've ever cut? Oh, um, 30 pounds for my title fight. Um, That's only because it was during COVID and I had three fights in three months. So it was literally fight rest of the month to recover, fight rest of the month to recover, fight rest of the month to just recover. And by the third fight, I had gotten up to 185 and the fight was at 155 and something happened where they bumped it up to 160. So I only had to, I I cut, um, an additional five pounds uh, prior to, because I was like, okay, I need to get my weight down before I start cutting, like seriously. Yeah. So I had to cut 30 pounds. And by the time I made it to the scales, I was, I had nothing left in me. I believe it. Nothing left. And I said, I'll never get that big again. It was not fun. <laughs> so with cutting weight, it's, uh, it's always a, a huge focus. Do you have another job as well, or are you a full-time fighter? I actually have two jobs. Um, I work at Come and Go. Um, I used to do the overnight shifts, and that was, it was fun, just because I got to do whatever I want by myself, but then it was meant, it was wearing on my training, because I wasn't getting the right amount of sleep, Um, so I switched to days, so I'm still working at Come and Go, and then I also started working with my girlfriend's dad uh, with his cleaning business. So yeah, I've got two jobs on top of training. You're a go-getter. So now, when you make it to the UFC, are you going to do the Jeff Neal? Are you still work? Or are you going to do a majority of fighters do, like Jared Cannonier 
was an aircraft, I believe a mechanic. He did something with airplanes in Alaska. He ended up quitting to focus on fighting. So are you going to full-time fight or have the job still and fight? I've thought about quitting once I get to the UFC, but it's not in me to quit anything. So I would probably drop one job and just keep the other just to keep some money coming into the house when I'm not fighting. Yo, imagine going into the gas station and being like, aren't you a UFC fighter? <laughs> yep. <laughs> well, that's Jeff Neal works at Texas Roadhouse in Texas, obviously. Mm-hmm. I have a ton of respect <laughs> for fighters who are also working a normal job. Yeah. Cause that it's just, what are you going to do if like something happens to your career? And yeah. all you've done is fight. Right, right. Like, Gotta have something to back up on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I've been really just trying to maintain that mindset of no matter where you go, keep a normal job. Stay, keep like, let that be your normal life because fighting is not normal. Right. Nothing about it, this and, is normal. And it won't last it's separation and allows you to focus on other things other than just fighting. Like, be, take a break from that and gives your brain extra healing it's constantly working. Yeah. It's definitely a mental reset for sure. Um, I don't like to take a lot of time off after fights. So the weekend after I fight, I'm back to work on Monday, whether that be training or my other jobs, I'm just always doing something. Nice. Man. It seems like every day, there's always an article about Jake Paul. He's in all the MMA news outlets. He's always being talked about. Uh, man, what do you think about Jake Paul, man? I've got mixed emotions on him. Um, when he first came out, I wasn't a big fan. Still still not a huge fan of his, but the way he's talking about fighter pay, he's trying to get yeah. the mixed martial arts fighters paid. I'm all for that. So he's got a soft spot in my heart for that mainly but outside of that i'm yeah nah on him. his personality his yeah. antics mm-hmm. the things he does yeah it's every day bro i know i know and like my, my youngest loves jake paul my oldest not so much so we have mixed emotions in this house i i do like his obviously the fighter pay but he's He's a good example of if you want to do something, you've got to go in all in. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what he did with the boxing. And so he's, he's an idiot in some aspects, but his work ethic can't be questioned. That is that is facts. Yeah. Um, after the second Tyron Woodley fight, he made me a believer that he could be something in boxing. Right, right. Uh, yeah, he slept that man, and I was like, Damn. uh-oh. <laughs> Uh oh, someone's serious. Yeah, he surprised a lot of people. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, myself included. Yeah. No. yeah, but now that he's talking about Canelo, I'm like, calm down. Just, just calm down. <laughs> too not, much. not there yet. I'm interested. I want to see him fight Tommy Fury and then maybe like Anderson Silva because Fury's a a young boxer who you know fought a guy that's three and 113. So. But it's a good introduction to boxing. Mm-hmm. And then Anderson Silva will be his real test because, you know, he beat Julio Cesar Chavez in his first fight, and he's an actual striker. Right. Not a wrestler. Right. Those, those two, those next two fights make the most sense for him. Um, 
unfortunately, I'm going to be rooting against him when he fights um, Anderson Silva. Me too. I, I'm yeah. just going to be like, if you beat him, I'm going to shoot you. I'm just kidding. That's a joke. Anderson Silva is still pretty good at boxing, too, though. I think he's yeah. seriously as well. Mm-hmm. So. I think Anderson Silva is closest to our generation's Bruce, you know, Bruce Lee. I, I would agree with that for sure. He got he's mastered it all. Yeah, Izzy's coming up to that, but right now it's definitely Anderson Silva. Oh, for sure. Once Israel Adesanya starts getting submissions, yeah, yeah, once he starts his ground game, I'm like, that's all we're missing from him, really. Because we know he can strike. Everyone knows he can strike. But once once we see what his actual ground game is like and he starts pulling off submissions, then he can be in the talks for possibly the greatest of all time. Yeah, for sure. For sure. What's your favorite movie? Um, I got two of them. Remember the Titans? That's just yeah. always been like a motivational movie for me ever since I was a kid. And Space Jam. Those two are those are my top two movies ever. Both great movies. Mm-hmm. What did you think of the new Space Jam? It wasn't bad. I was going into it with no high hopes at all because I knew it wasn't going to be as good as the first one. So. I'm happy I did that because I wasn't disappointed. I thought it was a good movie. I like how they made references to, you know, all of the discrepancy or like all of the hate that he normally faces. They poked fun at all that. Mm-hmm. And I'm a huge LeBron James fan. So right. what he did, he is basically John Jones of the MMA or like of the NBA, you know, mm-hmm. young and still lived to his hype. Except he doesn't have all the outside issues that Jones does, but that's why I respect him so much for that. He's actually yeah. a good head on his shoulders. Yeah. Do we have a? There's one more. You took my question, Charles. I'm sorry. <laughs> How long do you think someone should train before they fight? I know you fought pretty soon before uh, after you started training, but I don't think that's typical of everybody. Right. Um, like for someone who's getting into it, I would say, wait until you're comfortable on the ground. Uh, if you have no ground experience, I would say, wait until you're comfortable throwing up submissions and creating scrambles simply for the fact that that's going to keep you alive. If you get stuck with a wrestler and you don't know how to get out from underneath them, you're going to have a bad night. So just train as long as it takes until you're comfortable on the ground. Um, for me, it was different. I just wanted to wanted to fight. I didn't really care who I fought. And I was willing to do whatever it took to win these fights. And I've just trusted my coach with everything that I do. Yeah, I, I think Coach Mike definitely has our best interests up for us. Mm-hmm. He wants to see us all succeed as fighters. For so. sure. Like, even though he's not fighting himself anymore, he still hates losing. And if we lose, he feels like he, he lost himself. Too. Yeah. So that's why he pushes us so hard. For sure like that so that you mentioned uh obviously the goal is to get to the ufc how do you do you have a a thought of a path for that goal like would you you know if you were offered the ultimate fighter would you take that or would you prefer to be offered like a contender series fight um that's a good question i would
stumped them. Yeah. And <laughs> me is saying take Dana White's contender series because all you have to do is win one fight impressively. Yeah. Right. And now, you get your coaches. Hmm? And you get your coaches. Yeah. And you get your coaches. Yeah. If you go to the ultimate fighter, you're away from your coaches, you're away from your family and friends, and you're with people who don't know how you train and how your body works. So I would rather go the contender series, but if I was offered the ultimate fighter, I'm pretty sure I would take that. You get the chance to learn from a world-class athlete. And in doing so, if they teach you the right way, you could work your way into the UFC with just three fights. So it'd be like another tournament style thing, which I'm used to doing. Um, yeah, I, I would just do whatever came first, honestly. I The pathway is laid out for me. I just have to work hard and do what I need to do. I think they both have – I know a lot of people say, oh, you know, stop doing the Ultimate Fighter and stick with the Contender Series. But personally, I think they both have their purposes. Like, obviously, tough opens, you know, networking for when you do make it to the show – as well as the contender series, it's more of a, a fight scenario mm-hmm. where you're in your comfort zone. So, and all you have, to, like you said, you go out there, you impress them, and you got one fight rather than a month or two with 30 strangers, mm-hmm. people you don't know trying to tell you what's best for you. Yeah, all the, all the, antics that go on in the house all that crazy stuff with people you're fighting i know for sure if i was to do the ultimate fighter i would be very quiet for like the first week and then i would start warming up to people getting to know them and then i would probably act like a fool on tv so (laughs) so, just don't do it don't do it leaving did yeah i won't i won't pull a leaving let me bet or uh or julian uh let me bet bet, Yeah, there have been some characters on that show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. so I would very much be like a uh, Tony Ferguson, just laid back, kept to myself, just kicked people yeah. out the whole way through. Mm-hmm. He was an underdog in the show, too. Surprised mm-hmm. them all. That's how they get you. Michael Chiesa was the same way. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. Yep. He had that unorthodox ground game, and just, it's. I feel like in tough, you don't get a watch tape and you don't, so you go in there blind. Right. Like I, if you, I don't know if they let you know who's going to be there. Um, but I know that certain seasons they have, um, they, they have the coaches watch film on each fighter, like for the black zillions versus American top team season, they let the coaches watch film on each fighter and they would match up with that. So that was a good season. Yeah, it was very yeah, good. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Marty from Nebraska. <laughs> yeah, I think we went through most of our questions, man. Is there anything else you want to say? Anything you want to say to your fans, potential fans, maybe to get some more new fans, uh, why people should watch out for you, uh, what you have to give as a fighter, things like that? I mean, no matter what, I'm going to – show out for my people um any fans that i currently have any fans that i will have i just want full support and trust in whatever i do um whether whether that i'd be fighting someone who's out of my league 
I still want you guys to talk me up like, oh, he's going to do it. He's going to be the guy because then that's going to give me confidence. And who knows? Anything can happen in a fight. So I may pull off some of the biggest upsets in the world. And with you guys supporting me, that's all I really need. Um, I really, I'm like, I'm a very quiet uh, guy when I, when you get to know me at first, but the more that you know me and follow me, you guys will actually get to see the true nerdy, geeky fun me. Um, I very, I'm very childish. Like if you like hang around me, he's like, oh, you're just a big kid. That's all I am. He's just a big kid who knows how to fight. <laughs> um, I've been trying to, or I've been thinking about starting up some streaming stuff, like for gaming. So if you guys have any input on how I can do that, be sure to reach out. Um, nice, nice. Yeah, what, what video yeah. games do you play? You did mention that. Yeah. Oh, I, pff, UFC 4, Call of Duty, um, Valorant. I don't play competitively, but if I had the time, I would play to the point where I could if I wanted to then I could possibly make a living on that after I retire fighting. Hey, hey, yeah, people are going to universities for video games nowadays. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's definitely possible. So do you have an um, Instagram, Twitter that we can put at the bottom of the video and uh, our podcast streaming everywhere? Yeah, um, my Instagram is uh, deucesmma, D-U-E-C-E-S-M-M-A, all lowercase. Um, that's where you're going to find a lot of my fighting stuff. Uh, my personal pro, uh, profile is linked to that. Uh, it's just DRob1524. Um, don't really have a Twitter. I had it in high school, but then I got rid of it just because don't really go on there much. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. I don't have much social media. Um, very basic. TikTok's where it's at, apparently. Yeah, uh, I do have a TikTok, but I don't really post on that. Now that I have one just to watch the videos. That's pretty much what I'm using mine for. <laughs> nice, nice. Matt, you have any final questions? No. Um, do you have any sponsorships or sponsors that you want to shout out on here? Or? Oh, of course. Um, I want to give a quick shout out to the Kerr family. Of course, they're my first sponsors um following me since 2020 um all the way out to wyoming they've come down to colorado for my fights they came out to montana so yeah shout out to the Kerr family uh mm -hmm. shout out to vigilant security um another one of our our teammates uh he trains with us shout out to jesse campbell's real estate again another uh, teammate you're looking to get some, a, a good house uh, looking to move out he can help you with all that stuff um see i've got some others um, actually i think those are my only three sponsors right now yeah i'm looking i'm always looking to get more sponsors so if you guys know of anyone of uh, fans out there have any businesses that you want sponsored hit me up yeah, for sure. Hey, man, you should sponsor this guy. He is going places. You should get on his team where you can. I, I definitely, definitely think you should. 
Amen. Hey, this has been the first ever episode of A Fighter Spotlight featuring Darian Robinson. Darian, man, I just want to thank you so much for being here. Man, we had a great time. This was super amazing. Uh, man, look out for Darian. Quick shout out, says MMA, that's C-I-E-S MMA. If you're in the Colorado Springs area, come check us out. Our team is definitely up and coming, but we're going places. Uh, if you want to be like Darian, come come train with us, man. Yeah, thank you guys for having me so much. Uh, we, I'm looking forward to doing these more and more with you guys as my career goes on. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Hey, hey, we hope to have you back on the show as a guest host sometime. You can help break down some fights with us. That, that would be awesome. That would man. be a great time. Awesome. Great cool. time. Hey, we look forward to it. Of course. Thank you guys so much. Thank you. And if you're ever in Omaha or Nebraska, I'll, I'll come to your fights. Sounds good. I'll be fighting in Nebraska later this year, actually. For, uh, is it OFC? I wasn't given a promotion name, but as soon as I know, I'll let Charles know so we can hit you up. All right. Yeah. I'm, awesome. In about five minutes, you're going to have a new follower on Instagram. Sounds good. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Hey. Y'all check out, watch out for Darian. He's going somewhere. I appreciate y'all tuning in and thanks for being here.